everyone, and welcome to 7 Mile Chats, a podcast where each week I, Julia Struckley, talk with someone about a scripture verse of their choosing, and we look at that scripture from different angles. I'm a scripture teacher at a Catholic school, I've been a youth minister, and I have a master's in theology, but the purpose of this podcast is just to have a conversation about scripture and try to apply it to today's world. And today I'm walking and talking with someone I've not yet met in person, but is another match from Podmatch. And we found out we have an Arlington connection, which is exciting. She's a communication specialist and a founder of Compassionate Coaching, who seeks to guide teams and professionals to rediscover the joy in their work. It's Erin Whalen. Welcome, Erin. Thank you so much for having me, Julia. I'm happy to be here. I'm glad that you're here. Why don't you tell the listeners a little bit more about yourself? Yeah, sure. So I know you told me earlier that you started a podcast in the pandemic. Well, I started a business mm-hmm. in the pandemic. So awesome. Yeah, yeah. So I'm a I'm a founder of a business. Um, I'm a mama. I have a a sweet eight year old. He just turned eight um, less than a week ago. So we're getting used to having an eight year old in the house, which feels crazy. Um, yeah, I live in Arlington, Virginia, originally from Omaha, Nebraska. So I've got the, the Midwestern and the mm-hmm. East Coast thing going on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's me in a nutshell. <laughs> that's something we have in common. I'm also originally from the Midwest. Well, Ohio, so it's kind of like the Northeast. Oh, yeah. But... Yeah, no, no. That's that's totally Midwest in my book. Okay, it counts. We have a good Midwestern vibe, but then I, I have definitely like an East Coast vibe as well, kind of an edge, an East Coast edge that I've developed over, I feel like, the past years. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, if you go back to the Midwest now with your driving habits, it's clear Girl. that you're, like, <laughs> from yes. a different planet. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Oh, my gosh. I'm, like, beeping, and people don't oh. beep in Ohio, and they, they're very kind in Ohio, and I feel mean when I go back. But yeah. um, I'm in Richmond now, and so we have a little bit of more of, of the Southern kind of hospitality down here. So people are a little bit nicer down here, but Ohio also very nice. How about, yes. you said Omaha originally, so Nebraska, I'm sure it's like salt yep. of the earth. Yeah, it's very <laughs> salt of the earth. Very, very, yeah, very Midwestern, very, you know, lots of farm country, though Omaha is not uh, farmland. It's a quote unquote city. It's, it's a city. It's a city, mm-hmm. but it's um, still city of, of a different um, caliber, it's not DC. shall we say, yeah. like city. Right. Well, I'm so glad that you're here, and uh, you've picked a verse for us. It's going to be John chapter 14, verses 27 through 28, and mm-hmm. I'm going to have you read read that for us. All right. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. You heard me say to you, I go away and I will come to you. If you loved me, you would have rejoiced because I go to the Father, for the Father is greater than I. Okay, so I want to give a little bit of context of where we're at in John's gospel. We've done quite a few passages from John, but nothing in chapter 14. And chapter 14 starts the um, Last Supper discourses. So this is happening while the Last Supper is happening, and Jesus is just kind of preparing his apostles for the events that are going to arise in the next couple of days and unfold. And uh, the passage is, um, the heading for a couple of verses before this is the Advocate, which references the Holy Spirit. So he's kind of, you know, preparing them and telling them that the Holy Spirit is going to come, but I am going up to the Father, as you mentioned, um, but just kind of emphasizing that he's not going to leave them unattended, like he is going to send them an advocate, the Holy Spirit, and send them peace, but that the next couple of days are going to be 
kind of rough, <laughs> essentially. <laughs> um, so he's kind of preparing them. So that's kind of where we're at in John's gospel to give this passage some context. But I always ask my guests, uh, why did you pick this passage, Erin? Well, I think it wasn't necessarily my first pick. It's not like I said to myself, oh, I know exactly what I want to choose. I, you, You've had so many excellent guests on with so many excellent verses. <laughs> so like a couple of my first picks, I was like, oh, no. Oh, man. That's, yeah. That's done. You know, Micah <laughs> yeah. 6, 8. Oh, man. Oh. Yeah. Um, but then, but then uh, a couple things brought me to this one. One is that I, I'm seeking more peace in my own life. Mm. Um, in fact, I about two weeks before selecting this verse, I had bought um, a book, but I hadn't started reading it yet. It's a Father Jacques Philippe book, uh, "Searching for and Maintaining Peace." Yeah. Um, so I bought it, and I didn't even read it. But then, it, like, peace was kind of in the back of my mind. And then I think, I think the thing that two things also came to me was one was I was doing a devotional and um, one of the sections of this, of this verse, uh, the part about the rejoicing was the quote of the day when I was like, Julie, I'm going to, I'm going to choose by this date. Like that, that was the date that that was the verse. And I was like, Oh, okay. Mm. Like I I hear you. There's a nudge there. Okay. Um, Mm -hmm. and then also I was really drawn to this. it didn't hit me until I actually looked up the verse as a whole that it didn't hit me that this was all one thing. Like in my mind, it could be totally separate things like the peace and then the, the rejoicing part in the middle, the don't let your hearts be troubled. I just thought it was, it was so jam packed. I thought I can't, mm-hmm. I can't let, you know, this, these three golden nuggets, you know, be not addressed. Cause I felt like they were all kind of hitting me. Um, mm-hmm. at the same time. So it, it felt a little spirit led, um, mm-hmm. but it also didn't jump out at me. I'm, I, I wasn't like, oh yeah, absolutely this one. Um, so it was kind of a, it took a little meandering of a road to get there. Yeah, I agree. I think that there, this is so jam packed and then you get the context of it too and it, it makes sense. But I think even without the context, you know, peace I, le- I give you, my peace I give you, not as the world gives, do I give to you? Like you can unpack that you know, Jesus saying that no matter what's happening in his life or where we're at in the gospels, you know, but then certainly Mm. the context for me, I feel like always helps. But um, I, I, you know, as a Catholic, I hear this and I think about the mass, you know, right after, Mm. like we kind of say that the, our father, I think in the mass, uh, the priest says this, and then we go and give the sign of peace. Right. Um, Mm -hmm. So that's kind of what initially outside of context, I think of is that, that context of the mass, but, but I don't know. I mean, you're a, you're a counselor, isn't, isn't that right? Or you're, you're, you're doing I'm a counseling. Coach. I'm not a counselor. Oh, coach. Um, okay. Okay. Yeah. I haven't, I haven't gone to school long enough to be a counselor, but <laughs> maybe one day. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I feel like this is such a count, like a, a coach or a counseling kind of verse to pick though, <laughs> you know, and yeah. when I read your, like your bio, I'm just like, oh yeah, no peace and not as the world gives. So how do you see this relating maybe to like the work that you do or the work that you want to do? Hmm. That's a good question. Um, I think, I think for me, it's, it's really the middle part, the part about not letting our hearts be troubled. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so like a lot of the work that I do is around empathy and around communication and it's around compassion. I mean, that's why mm-hmm. I named the business compassionate coaching. And I think that it all goes back to the heart, right? And it's like mm-hmm. when the heart is troubled, it's, it's hard it's hard to let in that peace. It's hard to let in that, um, that compassion. It's hard to, we just kind of spiral sometimes. I know I do. Mm -hmm. Um, so I think that middle part is the one that really called to me with regard to like what, what I feel put on earth to do and how I want to help people. I want to 
I'm going to help. I, I know what it's like to have a troubled heart. And so mm-hmm. um, I definitely want to be there and, and provide tools for others to to kind of get through that that troublesome. Mm-hmm. And certainly in the time that we're in right now, um, mm. I feel like all of the verses that I've talked about on this podcast give it another like dimension or another level because we are living. So like hearing peace, I leave you peace, I give to you in the time of a pandemic feels <laughs> different or I don't know, it speaks to me in a different way than it did before. I don't know mm. if you can relate to that at all or connect with that. Absolutely. Absolutely. And this notion of peace, I mean, I feel like peace is very elusive to me. Um, mm-hmm. Is that the right word? Elusive? <laughs> like, mm-hmm. it just, yeah, no, I think you're right. Okay. You know what I mean? It's like, I can't quite grasp it or if I can't, I yeah. can't quite feel like it's, it's permanent. It feels very, mm-hmm. um, I, and, and I was doing some like reading into, well, what are other people saying about this, um, this mm-hmm. verse? And I found one commentary that talks about peace being like your, your stability, despite whatever else is going on, like whatever mm. outside circumstances are. And, you know, this is, this is our test, right? I mean, the world is, it's kind of still a little bit on fire. So, mm-hmm. you know, if we can, if we can retain and remain in peace during this upheaval, you know, all, all of the upheaval, mm-hmm. um, you know, then I think that that, that is this gold standard that we're supposed to try and get to, um, I think it's interesting though. I don't know about you, but I feel like it's a fine balance of like keeping my heart open to the distress of others and keeping my heart open to the suffering. Like I don't want to just, you know, turn inward and and focus mm-hmm. on my my peace. I still want to allow my heart to be broken by the things that are happening in the world, you know? Um mm-hmm. so I think that's a that's a hard balance too. Oh, can you, that's beautiful. Can you expand on what you mean by that a little bit and how that, like, yeah, like just being that brokenness then, you said it so beautifully, I don't want to butcher what you said. So can you expand (laughs) on what you were saying more about being open to other people's, like, brokenness? Yeah. I mean, I think, I think that's what we're called to do. And I feel like that's, that's really where I'm moved during this time, you know, both in the pandemic and then, you know, I think back to the summer of 2020 and I think back to Mm -hmm. Black brothers and sisters and and the suffering Mm -hmm. that, is, is just evident if we open our eyes. Like, I don't want to, I don't want to close my eyes to that. Like, I uh-huh. don't want to, it's almost like the, the toxic positivity. Like, I don't want to just be like, everything's fine. You know, I'm right. in peace. Like I want to, mm-hmm. I want to be able to have that peace while still wanting to mm-hmm. know, know mm-hmm. that other people are hurting and, and be ministering to them in whatever mm-hmm. way I'm called to minister to them. Yeah, no, that's very well said. I I can agree with that. I feel I identify with what you're you're saying earlier about peace being kind of a sense of stability, um, mm-hmm. and I think that's something that we're all seeking right now. But I agree with you too that some of the upheaval. I remember at the beginning of the pandemic, I was kind of not excited about it, obviously because people were suffering. But the opportunity as a teacher to maybe teach in a different way to shake up the way that we were teaching in our classrooms, I mm. was kind of excited about, even though it turned out to be super stressful. Um, yeah. And then in what you're mentioning too about like Black Lives Matter, like that upheaval, 
was necessary and and I don't want to close off myself to it either. So I, I, I agree with what you're saying. I was having a conversation actually. Um, I feel like in quarantine, I've had opportunities for lots of long walks. <laughs> and mm. I don't know if, you, if you're into TikTok, but there's like a TikTok that's like going on a walk for my mental health. And I feel like I've taken a lot of those recently too. <laughs> um, nice. So my friend and I, my friend and I were kind of having this conversation about like change and how we were so hopeful at the beginning of the pandemic for change. And she still is kind of like, hopeful and optimistic that like there will be more progressive changes and I'm kind of like mm. I don't know girl like we haven't <laughs> we can't even we couldn't even get on board with the masks like I'm not hopeful you know, right. know what I mean um right. anyways that's a little bit of a tangent but I feel like that that idea of like you know not becoming comfortable and I already see myself being like well you know we didn't do it two years ago so this is how it is and I I like that challenge to not get comfortable yeah. you know yeah yeah and I think yeah I mean it's so it's, it's kind of, we could spend all day on this, but this piece yeah. is kind of <laughs> mystical, right? I mean, it's kind of this, right. like, how do you, how do you have that piece? I, I read, so I did, did break open that book that I hadn't read. Um, and I didn't get very far. You need to read everything that he writes because he's, oh, he's amazing. Yeah. Oh my gosh. <laughs> it's like, I want to highlight every single word. I'm like, yep. it's all, is talk about jam packed, but I'm going to totally paraphrase and, and misquote it. But um, he talks about peace as, it's actually it's it's for all of us. Like we all need to strive for this, but it's especially important for people who want to go out and be of service. Because if you don't have that peace, you're probably going to go out at, because of you feeling distressed and bothered by things. Um, and that's a total paraphrase, but you know he's mm-hmm. basically saying what I said, but better and shorter. Of like, you know, you, you got to have the peace because you got to know you're going out there, you know, for the right reasons. So if, if Christ and thank you for I, I hadn't even put it together that this is like right before his passion. Like if Christ is mm-hmm. willing to say, like, look, you know, I'm giving you peace right now and things are going to get rough. But, you know, that roughness, if I look at, you know, our roughness, not to minimize or, or diminish the suffering of people, but like, you know, the passion of our Lord was, you know, mm-hmm. kind of the the highest mm-hmm. of, of suffering that we can, we can look to. And so if, if he's still willing to say like, I'm going to go do this thing, but like, Hey, but it's okay. You know, mm-hmm. you can be peaceful. Then I think I should be able to approach injustices as um, still coming from a place of peace. If he, if he says that that's okay, then, then, okay. I, I need to, I need to kind of rethink how I go out there um, from a place of peace as opposed to a place of, you know, anger or bothered or distressed. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I think that's really well said. I was giving a talk to some faculty members. I kind of helped lead some of our faith formation um, at the school. And we've been talking about the gifts of the Holy Spirit and fortitude. Mm-hmm. And so I was talking about um, St. Ignatius of Loyola, who's one of my favorites, and that like when he was sick and he was ill, that's like when he came up with all these like amazing thoughts of like the discernment of spirits and spiritual exercises. And um, talking about consolation, I, I swear I'm, this is going to relate to peace in a second, but uh, <laughs> um, he talks about like consolation and desolation, right? And that mm-hmm. we can't make like huge decisions in times when we are a desolate and not connected to God. Mm-hmm. Um, and and that's hard, you know, because things arise and we can't just be like, well, sorry, I can't make that decision right now. I'm in desolation, you know, like, but yeah. he, he mentions like remembering those times of consolation when we felt at peace and and that that those recalling those moments can help bring us peace in the moments of 
desolation. I don't know. And when you were speaking about of, of what you were saying earlier about like what our Lord was going through and kind of preparing for the, I don't know, I was thinking about um, like, and what you were saying about father, it's father Jacques Philippe, right? The author yeah. of those mm-hmm. books. Oh my yeah. gosh. All of his stuff is amazing. But that his quote that you mentioned also kind of made me think of like, oh, that's very like, you know, how do we achieve peace in times when we're struggling? And it kind of made me think of Ignatius as well. I don't know if you wanted yeah. to respond to any of that or if you see see where I was going with that, but <laughs> No, I I totally see where you're going with that. That makes that makes mm-hmm. a lot of sense. And I think that's that's wise too, right? I mean, from mm-hmm. I'm not like a scientist or anything, but I've yeah, <laughs> I've heard enough about, you know, our amygdala and our, you know, pre mm-hmm. prefrontal cortex. And, you know, you can't you can't make these decisions when you're not quote unquote, in your right mind, or, you know, you're Mm -hmm. not thinking straight, you're using like the lizard primitive brain, as opposed to the actual, um, you know, decision making executive function brain, like you can't, Mm -hmm. you have to take all that into account, too. So it's, it's, it, it reminds me of what you're talking about with the desolation of like, you know, you have to be coming from a, you know, a stabler place, if you're going to be making these these decisions. And you were mentioning this too, like we have Christ as our model. and, And he says in this verse, like, not as the world give, do I give like my, you know, don't let your trouble, your hearts be troubled. Like I am your peace. Right. Um, and I just imagine putting myself in this position of like listening to to him say all this. And he's spoken about his passion before, like earlier in the gospels, like this shouldn't be news to to the apostles. I feel like there's several times before he's like, you know what, I'm going to, you know, in three days, I'm going to (laughs) like go away and then rise again. I feel like he's prepped them, but he's still prepping them again. I still can imagine myself in their position being like, no, 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 no. Like, don't go away. Like, but he's saying like, no, you would, you should rejoice that I'm going away, that I'm going to the father. So I don't know. What do you make, make of that, that you talked a little bit earlier about like the rejoicing part of this. What do you make of what he says there? Yeah. I mean, okay. So a couple of things came to me when I was reflecting on that verse. Part of it is he says, you know, you would rejoice because of where I'm going. But like right. in my mind, because he tells them, he says like, I'm going away and I'm coming back. And then, you know, from a, from my perspective, it'd be like, oh, like the rejoicing is because you're coming back. You know, the mm-hmm. rejoice is because the separation is, is temporary. Mm-hmm. Um, I recently went back, back to Omaha um, in mm-hmm. November for a dear friend's wedding. And I didn't take my son. This is the first time I visited home without bringing my son with me. And to me, it was like, not that big of a deal. You know, he wasn't vaccinated yet. And, you know, I thought it was the best move, you know, to make. And he was, he would have had him at school. And, you know, I, he's been separated from me before. I didn't think, you know, he was seven at the time. I didn't think it was going to be that big of a deal. But it was a big deal for him. And, mm. you know, I go back and I'm like, well, I was coming back. You know, like, I, mm-hmm. and, and if I had tried to argue with him, like, dude, I'm going, like, for a, one of my dearest mm-hmm. friend's weddings. Like, this is a big deal, you know, like he wouldn't have taken, you know, that that would not Mm -hmm. have gone far with him at all. But, but it's just funny to me that Christ doesn't say like rejoice because I'm coming back. He says, no, rejoice for where I'm going. Like Mm -hmm. if you knew where I was going, you would rejoice. Mm -hmm. Um, And that, that is, that's interesting to me. Yeah. I've had a, I mean, this pandemic has been so hard and I, I've, I turned 40 last year and I just feel like I turned 40 and it's been fine, but I feel like a lot of, um, I'm old now and I feel like a lot of friends I have are getting sick. I've had, um, a couple of like friends get diagnosed with cancer and like that, that's suffering. I know it's, it's like, oh man, is this what 40 is? You turn 40 and then like everyone's sick, but like, and so it's been hard for me to just like anybody, anybody in this pandemic and anyone who's lost anyone, it's, it's, I don't know, like that wrestling with why, you know, why, Mm -hmm. 
are is this person suffering? And you speaking just now about like and what Christ was kind of preparing them for and this rejoicing. The only sense I can make of it sometimes is like, well, their suffering will be over and they, you know, and they will be returning to this mm. peace. And mm-hmm. so that I don't know, to tie it kind of back to what we're talking about is the cycle of like we come from the father and then we we are we're disrupted and we try to maintain and we search for peace and all this stuff. And then and then, you know, as Christians, we hope that we will return to that that peace. Um, and that's kind of the only hope I can or sense I can make of a lot of the stuff that's going on <laughs> right now. Wow. Yeah. 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 No, know. that's powerful. I hadn't even thought of that. Like just just dissecting this one excerpt, like how it, it does come full circle in and of itself. Mm-hmm. It's really beautiful. I didn't really think of it either till just now sometimes, but this is what <laughs> I love these conversations. I just, you know, things that you say then make me think and then vice versa. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's why we do this. What else do you pull from this, from this, Aaron? We've talked about peace and kind of how it relates to the pandemic and Christ. Anything else that you, when you're th- looking at this, that kind of stood out to you? Yeah. I mean, my favorite nugget within all of this is the middle part. It says, let not your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. And that stands out to me because it reminds me so much of what Our Lady Guadalupe said to Juan Diego when she said, never let anything discourage you nor depress you. Let nothing mm-hmm. alter your heart nor your behavior. Mm-hmm. And then she says, fear not this or this or this or this or this. And then she says, am I not here, your mother? And I, you know, I may be, I may be getting a little crazy here, but <laughs> like because those two nuggets, like, connect so much and they they reminded me of each other. Mm-hmm. I thought, okay, well here's, you know, clearly this Jesus saying this to his apostles happened first. And then I can't even remember when Our Lady of Guadalupe was that 1500? Yeah, I want to say it's 1500s. Yeah, I think you're right. Okay. okay. So clearly like one happened before the other. But I just wonder if like like when Jesus was growing up, like did Mary say things like this to him? Mm. You know, and, mm-hmm. and because, you know, we all have these things. Oh, my mom always used to say this, or, you know, I can always remember mm-hmm. my mom talking about this. And it's like, I wonder, like, I wonder if this is some version of something that she used to tell him when he was little. Oh, that's really powerful. Absolutely. And, and ultimately all of that comes from, from God though. I know that, um, you know, Jesus often is quoting like Old Testament when he speaks. He's quoting mm-hmm. either Moses or he's quoting the prophets to kind of show that he is the fulfillment of all of those prophets. But that's yeah. really powerful too to think he might be quoting his his mother. Like that's beautiful. And maybe she's and maybe she's referencing scripture, you know, because yeah. she was a good Jewish woman. But still that's yeah. all very beautiful. Again, that like cycle um to think of. That's that's a beautiful meditation for sure. I love that. Yeah. Yeah, I just think, and and I think it's interesting too. Like it, for Mary, it almost feels a little easier to accept. Like you know, and and maybe not everyone listening is Catholic, so maybe that feels a little, a little um, confusing or or you know, not as not as solid as as scripture. But you know, to hear comforting words from a mom just feels mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. very instantly soothing. And then it's just interesting to like hear it from Jesus. I mean, I think it still has a very strong effect, but it also, you know, it's, it's just funny. It just those, what she said mm-hmm. and what you said, just complimented each other in, in a way. And I almost like to take them together because I feel mm-hmm. like even hearing them from either of their voices just has like a different, a different effect. 
And it, but it makes sense because they would be so connected, you know, that they yeah. were related and connected. It makes sense that they would mirror one another because that's what we believe as Catholics that that Mary does is mediate us to God and, and to her son, you know, that like she reveals the son and God to us. So I think that's yeah. a beautiful meditation. You could just go just with that, like that perspective that that Marian that I definitely didn't draw for from this. So definitely thank you for mentioning that. What else do you what else stands out to you from this? Anything else that you are getting from well, this? I have a question. So this last part I'm wrestling with and I don't maybe you can shed some light on it. Because Christ says, because I go to the Father, for the Father is greater than I. So mm. I don't know mm. if you have any any like footnotes uh, or something. wisdom, yeah. any footnotes, wisdom to share on that, because that that just feels like like a can of worms. Mm. <laughs> for sure, for sure. Okay, so I do have a little footnote here. I did not even read into that until you mentioned that now, but like when you said that and drew my attention, it's like, oh yeah, I can see where you're going with this. So my footnote says for verse 28, the Father is greater than I. Um, because he sent, gave, etc., and Jesus is a man who has told you to the truth. And oh, that doesn't make sense. Something he's referencing something earlier. John is referencing something earlier in his gospel, apparently in chapter eight. So I'd have to go back and like deep dive. Um, yeah, deep dive. Yeah, yeah you like <laughs> that one verse to the other, to the other, to the other, and you're like flipping. Right, that's and... not helpful. Yeah, well, I mean, it is helpful, <laughs> but it just it's uh, time consuming. Um, let me see, chapter eight, verse forty. So, okay, so chapter 8, verse 40 goes back to Abraham something. John is so funny to me because, like, John is Jewish. So, like, the gospel writer himself would have been Jewish. So he is trying to connect Jesus so much to David and to the the patriarchs and to, like, the um, the book of Genesis. Mm-hmm. Um, like, his gospel itself, the, the book of John, starts as like Genesis does. And so do his letters. So like, I feel like he's constantly trying to connect. So I don't think John is trying anything here. Like I think John is trying to (laughs) to connect Jesus to the Trinity. And, and, and I know, I know for a fact that like John is very obsessed with like the incarnation and Jesus and the father being one and the same. So I don't think he's trying to like separate them here, but I'm not sure. I I do see what you're saying and that this could be like kind of deceiving or misleading. Um, yeah. If you don't know all that about and we'd have to do some more research. But but yeah, so I don't know. Off the, but yeah, sorry. So I don't no. know. There'd be more research to do there. But I, I don't think John is saying just of what I do know about John. Like he 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 loves the incarnation. He loves that they're one and the same. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, that makes a lot of sense. And he does. Correct me if I'm wrong, but he does kind of have a more um, like not mystical, but just mm-hmm. just like mm-hmm. more of a flowery or like. Yeah, um, just just more poetic way of, of speaking than the other than the synoptic. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. A lot of repetition. It kind of is maddening a little bit when he like. I mean, in this Last Supper discourse, Jesus is keeps repeating, just like I'm going to the Father because I am one in the Father. So actually, like back to the point about the incarnation, he mentions kind of earlier and throughout this, like I am one in the Father and the Father is me. Like I feel like he says a lot of that kind of stuff, and yeah. it's like kind of a lot if you're not familiar with John, you know? <laughs> yeah. 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 No, that makes a lot of sense. He, he does. <laughs> now, now that it's I'm trying to remember the context. Yeah. It's, it's a lot, yeah. a lot of repetition. Well, as we wrap up is, are there any like final takeaways or thoughts? we've kind of talked about this from every angle, which is like the goal of the show, but um, what would you like us to leave, like kind of leave with um, a takeaway from this verse? 
You know, maybe the rejoicing. I mean, I think that Mm -hmm. that's something I've found I have to be a lot more intentional about these days is I have to, I have to really focus on being joyful. It's not coming naturally. Like I, I literally have to, you know, pray for the grace to be more joyful or to just, you know, force myself to like, not force, but like to make myself laugh more, to find joy in, in little things. And I think, I think at this point, you know, we're, we're getting up to that two year anniversary of the pandemic. I think mm-hmm. there's a lot of just fatigue, you know, pandemic fatigue. And, and I think that, you know, the peace, yes, of course. And I think we can't lose sight of, of the rejoicing that there is still a lot to rejoice about and that this, this world isn't, you know, our home. Like we're not, yeah, there's a lot of problems, but you know, we're not, we're not meant for here. So um, there's more to look forward to. I think it's really well said. I think that encapsulates everything we've been talking about here. And yeah, I'm glad that you pointed out the rejoicing part because I think it is hard, like I was mentioning earlier, like in the midst of suffering and whatever is going mm-hmm. on and in what the apostles are feeling here, like you want us to rejoice in this? Like yeah. it doesn't make sense. But when you put it in the context of of what he's saying and returning to the Father and like what you mentioned that we talked about, like ultimately we're not meant for this world, like he says, um, it gives us definitely a lot to think about. It's a challenge, but but to focus on the joy, I think it's a good goal or challenge for us. So. Yeah, Thank you, Aaron, definitely. so much. This Thank conversation, you. I never know where the conversation is going to go, but it took us in so many directions for us to think more about, perhaps. And mm-hmm. um, yeah, thank you for that. At the end, I like give people a chance to plug. So um, do you have any websites or anything you'd like us to check out? Uh, yeah, I'm not I'm not on social media very much, but you can find me. Um, I'm on Instagram at Aaron underscore compassionate coaching. Um, I'm probably most active on LinkedIn. I'm Aaron underscore Whalen underscore compassionate underscore coaching. <laughs> um, a lot of underscores. Um, but yeah, and my, my website is compassionatecoaching.org. And um, yeah, I'm just really grateful you had me on, Julia. This was, this was really delightful. Thank you. Yeah, no problem. And I think that what you're doing right now is so important because, as we've mentioned, a lot of people are stressed out. You know, we we do have this fatigue that you mentioned. And mm-hmm. I think what you're doing in terms of coaching and uh, people are, are searching for answers and, and, and guidance. So I think that's important work that you're doing. So everyone definitely check out Aaron. If you want to find out more about me and the podcast, my Instagram is at 7 Mile Chats, all spelled out. I'm also on Twitter at MissStruckley1, M-S-S-T-R-U-K-E-L-Y-1. And I tweet about what I'm doing in my classroom and Catholic education. But you can also reach out to me about the podcast. If you'd like to be a guest, I'd love to hear from you. Um, But thank you once again, Erin, for doing this. Thank you so much, Julia. Have a great night. Bye, everyone.